What is up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Hanson's Hints here at FantasyPoints.com and the FantasyPoints.com podcast feed. I am John Hanson recording this puppy here on Wednesday evening, May 10th. We are now definitely past the draft, although for most out there, the draft seems to be a while ago. It, it, I just caught up basically here on May 10th here, wrapping up season projections for fantasypoints.com. This is pretty much my wheelhouse, my specialty. I kind of am the czar of the season projections over at fantasypoints.com. I do take feedback though from the staff, just so you know. And um, yeah, so I'm here to talk about the upcoming campaign here while looking at the projections, which have just been completed. And what is the first thing you look at when you look at rankings? Or at least I do. Um, I look for the the steals, the values, and all that good stuff. So uh, first look at the projections. They'll, they'll probably be up on the website by the time that you uh, listen to this podcast. So uh, check that out over at fantasypoints.com. But I narrowed down... Well, let me back up a moment here because one of the reasons I do believe that the projections that I've been involved in over the last 10, 15 years have done very well um, in terms of competitions uh, with other sites and experts and all that is because I base it off of the projection. I don't know if everyone does that. They may have rankings for you know expert polls and the like, but are they basing those rankings off projections? Because, you know, it's one thing to know a lot about the league and rank players, and maybe your rankings are very good, but, you know, it's quite another to go deep under the hood and do actual projections and then work off of that in terms of your rankings. Now, it does get a little complicated sometimes with some injury-prone players, let's say, like we had a discussion about Darren Waller, um, who I believe is outside of our top, or no, he's in our top 10 at tight end, but a little below the market. But if you actually sort by points per game, you'll see that he comes in at like tight end five or tight end six. So I'm, I'm only projecting the dude to play 14 games. So that's just one small example of, you know, uh, the, the intricacies and the nuances involved here, but building these projections, something I've been doing for a long time. And um, I, I'm pretty old school here. I, I go, I go pretty deep. Every projection is completely in line with their recent performance, their offense, their situation, you know, their, you know, their overall prognosis, and it all fits together like a puzzle. So, for example, if you take all the, you know, receiving yardage projected for all, all Arizona Cardinals, it will match, um, it'll come very close to the quarterback projections here. So everything's kind of fitting in. Um, a little piece uh, piece by piece into the puzzle. Now, in May, real quick, it is a little weird because position battles are obviously just getting started. So you kind of slot guys in terms of where you think they'll end up on the depth chart, but that's not really a guarantee for you know a good third of the receivers, basically, on the board here. So there's some tweaking to be done. And these are imperfect in that regard because they're something of placeholders. Some of these projections for, you know, like the Green Bay tight ends, the two rookies. That's uh, 
it's a fluid situation to say the least, uh, Luke Musgrave and, and Tucker Kraft. So they are slotted appropriately, but you know, they could be flipped. I have Kraft. We do here at uh, tight end 38, for example. Um, and Musgrave at tight end 32. We, we could be flipping those if uh, Kraft is going off in training camp. So, um, yeah, just to look uh, under the hood there in terms of the process. And we are going to get into today here in the podcast. Basically, I've scoured these all these numbers, compared them to various ADPs. And basically, I've come up with my top steals early on here in 2023 obviously these are values um some of these are most of these are kind of the sleeper types but not really all of them uh these are the outright roi guys basically i feel like they'll return the most on their investment here so we uh will go through these in in by position but in, in no particular order, really, in terms of like uh, my favorite steal, if you will. But by the way, as we get into the quarterbacks, I will say one trend I've noticed over the last couple of years, I don't really pay attention to ADP when I do these projections. It doesn't really matter to me, honestly. But um, I notice lately that my projections, which then make the rankings, really do line up with uh, the markets, if you will. So that's uh, that's been a little weird and a little frustrating. I, I don't know what, what it is, um, why I'm not as different at quarterback lately, um, but it is what it is. As long as we pick the right guys and do that, then we're good, I guess, uh, which I happened to do last year. That was my best position by far, my Burrow and uh, Hertz, um, some other guys that, I believe Danny Dimes was on my list as well here. Uh, some buzzkills like Derek Carr, but anywho, um, the quarterback values, you know, that jump out the out of the you know jump off the screen here for me aren't aren't plentiful. But I will go to Daniel Jones and look at him as a, a potential steal. You know, not not grand larceny or anything like that, but for example, he landed at QB ten on my first run of season projections ADP around 14 QB 14 a QB 13 on underdog and you know been talking a lot about Daniel Jones and I've always been a Daniel Jones guy I keep mentioning that I ignored him for a couple of years because you just knew he was screwed uh, the vibes were so bad with their bad coaching and all the problems but last year it was absolutely incredible like I mean we, we can give you all the data points in the world but uh the old eyeball test was was pretty darn good as well but um you know his turnover worthy throw rate uh for example per fantasypoints.com uh was cut in half under Brian Dayball and the coaching staff there Mike Kafka uh who's probably going to be you know a head coach at some point i mean this guy is uh very well well respected here in football circles um him and uh he calls the place uh with the uh, day ball so he's a hell of a hell of a passing game designer and now they've got you know they took care of the turnover problems they l- had him run a lot obviously and that's big he's kind of like a poor man's josh Al- allen and then i think the last 
step in his progression here, and this has gone quickly, they've also upgraded the offensive line, is to truly let it rip out there. And, you know, offensive line's been upgraded. Things are looking really good. Like every single sign points to Daniel Jones building on a very successful 2022 season in which he was a QB1 technically. And now he's got, you know, basically his arsenal of weapons is like, 2.5 times improved basically with Jalen Hyatt uh, brought in as a rookie who is the uh, vertical lid lifter that they need. And Daniel Jones does have a strong arm and can get the ball down the field with accuracy. His boy Sterling Shepard, we'll see how long he can last. Wandale, of course, they bring in Paris Campbell and of course, Darren Waller, which bumps Daniel Ballinger down to a really good uh, tight end too. So, Boy, things are really, really looking up. They even upgraded the background, uh, backup running back situation with Eric Gray, who I, I do like and I think is good. So Daniel Jones, my first steal at quarterback here after building and thoroughly reviewing the projections and the ADP. Next up, well, I'll go right to Anthony Richardson and uh, just know that I'm projecting here um, – you know, basically the whole damn season. And that's a tough one. My initial gut reaction for what it's worth was that they might be actually cautious with him and sit him down for like six weeks, but maybe even eight, but doesn't seem that way. So we went, we went for it with 16 games played. That's QB 11 um, with a very conservative uh, projection of 3,580 yards and 20 touchdowns. We all know about the cheat code. Six rushing touchdowns is the projection for 535. QB 19 is a fair uh, ADP right now on uh, in, in a season long environment underdog. He's getting a little bit more love, um, a little bit more upside involved there. looks like he is on underdog QB 10. So he's actually right there um, with us. there, actually a little higher. So he's not uh, a major, major steal. Then the only other quarterback who stands out. Now these are not targets, by the way. I mean, they are, but it's not the, a complete list of targets. There are other guys who basically we have ranked appropriately or near the markets that don't stand out as great values or anything like that, but still going to be targeting them. So the only other quarterback as we move into uh, the final guy here at this position was believe it or not, Brock Purdy. And we certainly have a lot to see what happens here. We ha- we have a lot to get to in terms of uh, seeing exactly where Trey Lance is, but you know, from people we've talked to, I've talked to, uh, he's their guy. And that seems to be apparent, you know, transparent out there in the media as well. And, you know, a lot of data points do uh, do look pretty good. You know, he was pretty accurate. He was pretty loosey-goosey out there. Doesn't have a big arm, but guys get schemed open. And um, obviously it worked. You know, they may have given Philadelphia a game had he not gotten injured in that game. Um, he kind of fought through some some near misses, some near catastrophic throws in the playoffs, but overall he did get them on the brink here. And, you know, plenty of weapons for Brock Purdy, who is um, QB 32. That seems a little low, but, you know, maybe it's a data correction thing. Um, But we have him at QB 26. I think that's a little higher than others. 23 touchdown passes in only 13 games. Uh, as well it's difficult to project him to get all 16 games but in a two quarterback league if you know these lower end guys are valuable I mean there's legitimate upside I think here with a Brock Purdy 
Uh, clearly, Trey Lance is not ready for prime time. So if Purdy is healthy, I do feel confident based on what he showed last year um, and now another year older and wiser. Moving on to running back here. Uh, but but before we do, um, just a quick promotional note from our friends at the FFPC. And look, I, I actually play there. And that's like my preferred place to play nowadays. And great site. Uh, the two owners there, uh, Alex and Dave, and I know those guys pretty well these days. I mean, been around a while now and rock solid organization. The site's great. Um, good players and all that. All FFPC tournaments are launched and drafting for 2023. The only exception is the, the main event slow drafts, uh, kickoff on July 4th, the FFPC now has two tournaments with a $1 million grand prize, FFPC main event and Fantasy Pros Championship. Dynasty Startups as well. I'm in one. Um, very competitive, high stakes. I'm hoping to go for it this year, by the way. I've got, I passed on quarterback last year, stupidly in a lot of ways. So I have Jonathan Taylor and, uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey, but I also have Justin Fields and Daniel Jones. So I actually drafted pretty well for uh, holding off of the quarterback. But back to the read here, dynasty startups like the one I'm in or was in last year. It's a year two this year. They're filling daily starting um, at a $100 entry all the way up to 500. The one I'm in is 2,500. So it's pretty high stakes. The FFPC best ball tournament. $125 an entry and super flex best ball tournament, $35 an entry are off and running. So head on over there. Uh, great site to play and very stable. I mean, it works beautifully. Go to myffpc.com for more information uh, back into the steals of the early projections here or the early season here in 2023. I am John Hanson here, the fantasy points podcast, Hanson's hints, Running backs, typical, typically, um, I would have to say my least accurate position for what it's worth, but certainly the injuries have a lot to do with that. But here's a guy, as I drink a sip of water, here's a guy who has not missed a game. He's 17 for 17 so far in two seasons and no other human being on planet Earth had more running back touches than Najee Harris has had the last two years. And early on here, he's um, RB13 in in some high-stakes uh, drafting season-long-wise. Um, we have him at 9, RB9. And then on underdog, he is RB14. And there was a little boring um with an ADP of 39, which is ridiculous, but I think they're they're jacked up a little bit with the uh, the quarterbacks. But then again, um, the early data point for season long ADP here was 36, so it's like you could possibly get this guy at the top of round four, which that won't be the case soon. But if he doesn't land in round two, period, that that is an absolute steal uh, for Najee Harris. And, you know, I've done some videos on him. By the way, make sure you get the uh, YouTube channel on your feed, if you will. Subscribe to it, the Fantasy Points YouTube to uh, channel. I believe it's youtube.com uh, slash fantasy PTS. But 
uh, you can find it, I'm sure. Uh, Google it. I believe they're owned by uh, YouTube is owned by Google. They'll figure it out. Um, anywho, uh, Najee, you know, feeling really good about the overall state of the Steelers offensive line. Uh, and, and they're blocking, uh, they're starting to come together a little bit. I, I saw that, uh, down the stretch, they were blocking it up better for Najee, who was probably a little healthier too, uh, from that foot injury. And now they added Broderick Jones. Now, hopefully a stud left tackle and, you know, basically a glorified right tackle and Darnell Washington, who will the tight end from Georgia, who will, uh, improve their blocking game. And, you know. Kenny Pickett, by the way, we could argue, actually, I should have put him on the list, but um, I think I forgot, actually. He's on the damn list, Kenny Pickett, uh, because he's, I believe, very, very good at football. And I know Matt Canada kind of stinks, but uh, let me put it to you this way real quick with, uh, with Kenny Pickett. If his touchdown percent, and look, he played very well last year as a rookie. I think that's indisputable if you have the gift of sight. And watched him. You know, he had a couple game winning touchdowns there at the end, walk off touchdowns there, you know, in some big spots there as they were clinging to playoff hopes. So he played well last year. If his touchdown rate increased by 100% from last year, he'd still be only 22nd at quarterback in terms of touchdown percentages at 3.6. Marcus Mariota, no, Carcass Mariota was 5% last year. Taylor Heineke was 4.6%. I only have Kenny Pickett at 3.1%, which would have been 30th in football last year. Only the 30th best. Yet the man is still over the market at QB 21. And the market say QB 26. So keep that in mind. Once again, if Kenny Pickett increases his touchdown percentage from last year by 100%, he'd still it would still be only the 22nd best quarterback percentage in football, which is not impressive at all. So in other words, and I'm, what I'm trying to say is, like, you want to talk about positive regression. I mean, my man has a chance to easily, fairly easily, well, actually very easily, improve his touchdown percentage by 200%. Uh, that, that's, that's, you can only go up from there with, with the craptastic, uh, I think it was like, what was it, like 1.7% of his throws, uh, completions were touchdowns. I mean, please, absolutely brutal. So, yeah, backing up there into the quarterback position, forgot about Kenny Pickett. I, here's what I did. I put him in my running back group by accident next to Najee Harris. Um, but, yeah, Najee, there's a lot to like here. Um, we're not going to get the the workload that we got with with uh, Big Ben, Captain Checkdown. It's just give it up. I mean, the dude's not going to have 14 targets in a game again or whatever that was. 94 targets was pretty absurd. 53 last year. You know, the good news is, by the way, the catch rate was relatively unchanged from that rookie year with Big Ben, and his YPR was not that changed either, which does bode well. With a little bit more volume, maybe we can get back to, I think we can get back to 50 catches, uh, even if Jalen Warren is involved here for Najee Harris. Um, damn good player, throwback player, very available player. You know, I like that. He, I don't think he's a guy. I mean, he could wear down relatively soon because he's a big guy and he 
you know, takes on a lot of contact. But again, he's also like an old school guy. Like it doesn't seem he plays hurt. You know, he's not going to, doesn't really have the soft tissue problem. So um, I actually only have him with 43 grabs, but it's still a big number here. 323 touches for Najee Harris. Let's move on here. I'm belaboring some of these points here on the Fantasy Points Podcast. The Hanson's Hints edition. Another running back here. I'm going to go J.K. Dobbins. And I don't think we should overthink this one. We all know the the storyline there. If we play fantasy, we know that the knee injury suffered in 2021 in training camp was absolutely just brutal. And he really wasn't back. I don't think he was back even at the end of the year. But that didn't stop him from averaging 5.7 yards a carry and, you know, ripping off some longer runs here. So final year of his rookie deal. They're now loaded. Yeah, they're going to throw more, but that's fine. It's not like Lamar is going to suddenly throw it 39 times a game under Todd Monken. So we're going to get some more catches here for J.K. Dobbins, who was able to haul in 18 balls his rookie year from Lamar with a pretty solid uh, 75% catch rate, mind you, on 24 targets. Keep in mind, he didn't play that much early in that season as they still had Mark Ingram, I believe, right? And, uh, of course, that year my big claim was Gus Bus was going to be a big factor, and he was. Um, that's why I said uh, J.K. stood for just kidding, but not this year. We are not kidding this year. Um Pretty much a slam dunk, you know, another year removed from the knee injury. And this is when you want to get these running backs on your side. He's uh, 24 years old and he is entering now what will be the year in which he earns the biggest contract of his life. So motivation, not a problem for J.K. Dobbins, one of the early steals here on the board at running back. Next guy up is probably a better steal. I said these weren't in a particular order. It's Cam Akers, and this is very similar. Like, let's not overthink it. All the data points were outstanding on Cam Akers uh, from fantasypoints.com, and even our guy Brett Whitefield was was kind of shocked because, I, you know, I kept saying at the end of the year, like, he's back, he's back, and and they went and they looked at the data points, and and they were eye-opening. And then Brett went back and he looked at the tape and they were also eye-opening. So uh, we're all in, basically. And I think that Sean McVay is going to lean on one back as he's had in the past with success, of course, with Todd Gurley. I just don't think he's a very good dual backfield guy in terms of utilizing the guys and rotating. Let's just go all in and run Cam Akers basically into the ground and let him walk as a free agent, which is fine by us. For this year, it's kind of like a Josh Jacobs thing. Who knows? If he really blows up like Jacobs, maybe they'll franchise him and keep him around a year and see what they see. But, you know, the the Cam Akers that we liked coming out of Florida State, uh, we're going to see that guy. And he's going to be sneaky good in the passing game, I believe. There were a number of plays at, at Florida State where, you know, he took a check down a long, long way. But, um, again, looking at all these data points that we had, you know, very, very encouraging. Uh, for example, per fantasy points of data, first 11 games, 
0.54 yards before contact per carry. Um, he was at 2.10 yards before contact per carry the last six games. Uh, so that was a massive increase. He had a 0.17 forced missed tackles per carry first 11, then the last six, 0.30, so almost doubled that. Um, and he also, of course, went from 3.3 YPC to 4.9 yards per carry. So I, I saw all of it, and, you know, with, via the old eyeball test, all the data points back it up. So Cam Akers, contract year as well, so let's go. And then let's go right to my guy, Rashad White. You know, I have to temper my expectations here because I've been a major stan of Rashad White's dating back to the Senior Bowl and pretty much got everything right with him last year. He did push Leonard Fournette off the roster. He caught 50 balls off the bench as a rookie. We all know Tom Brady is gone, but Leonard Fournette is gone as well. And, you know, the absurd number of of targets that Leonard had and certainly losing Tom Brady is massive for the checkdowns, especially. But, you know, maybe Baker Mayfield can not suck, basically. And he, he is a guy who can get the ball to the running backs in the passing game. There's no doubt about it. Had some success with uh, Nick Chubb and, of course, Kareem Hunt there in Cleveland. But, you know, the running game was terrible. Rashad was not very good in short yardage. He was not great as a runner. But he was better than Fournette via the data points, via film study. And we're going to get a much better offensive line this year with Ryan Jensen back. Hopefully the second round pick, uh, Mock, uh, at right guard, can really match the intensity that he's uh, flashed here at Senior Bowl and all that. You know, you you worry a little bit about the level of competition, I guess, at North Dakota State. But, hey, it worked out pretty well for uh, Dallas Goddard and at least for a little while there, Carson Wentz, not as much uh, Trey Lance uh, so far. But I do think their blocking is going to be better. And, you know, he's going to be a major focal point of the offense. You know, I'm talking with uh, my guy Greg Allman of uh, Fox Sports now, but previously of The Athletic um, recently on Sirius XM, and I'm like, you know, is my imagination or is like Rashad emerging as like the face of the franchise right now? And he's like, yeah, yeah, they love him. So you see him on social media all over. He's a great guy. It's why he's my guy. Um, not a coincidence that he surprised a little bit. Very workmanlike, yeah. But he's working, uh, dropping some weight. And, you know, he's got some shake and bake for sure. He's actually does have an eye for the goal. Uh, at least he did in college, so maybe with some better blocking, we can get uh, some touchdowns. But look, the guys, the guys catching 50, 60 balls for sure. You know, very durable thus far. Knock on wood. So yeah, love me, Rashad White, and I am very conservative at RB sixteen based on my projections, which still blows out, blows it out of the water in terms of uh, his ADP RB twenty five on underdog and in season long. So that's massive steal there. I know he's not sexy, but, you know, volume can be sexy. And receiving is very sexy. Some of the best hands I've ever seen, Rashad White. Got another running back here, a couple of more actually here on the Fantasy Points podcast. Hanson's Hints, 
Recording on May 10th, uh, Wednesday evening. Probably a lot later than I should be, by the way. So um, forgive me if I'm not as energetic as, as normal, but we'll move on here and get to Brian Robinson of the Washington Commander. I don't know what the deal is. RB39 for season long. 34 is the early ADP on underdog. We've got him at 26. I think it's pretty conservative. He's dropped some weight. I kept using the word angular to describe him last year. Um, some really good data points on Robinson from Fantasy Points data. Encouraging stuff uh, that may not have been visible to the naked eye. And, you know, that's why we are rolling with Fantasy Points data. Um, let me find this real quick. Uh, here it is. Um, from weeks one through nine, Brian Robinson, only a YPC of 3.3, but it rose to 4.2 from week 10 on. He also rose his missed tackle forced per attempt rate from 0. 0.10 to 0. 0.14 in the second half of the season. Um, and how about this one here? 71% of Brian Robinson's yards came after contact. Only Damian Pierce, Tony Pollard, and Derrick Henry had a larger percentage of their yards come after contact among backs with at least 150 carries per fantasy points data. He'll he'll need that skill uh, to push that pile and you know drag defenders fall forward behind a, a subpar offensive line, but they they hang in there at least. It's it's not a sieve. In D.C., we, we do worry about the quarterback situation, and, and I'm sure that's why Robinson's ADP is down where it is. But, you know, once again, for Sam Howell, it's similar to Baker. It's like if you can just not suck. And by the way, if he does suck, they're going to play Jacoby Brissett, who is settled into a real nice place here as a rental player and a, a journeyman. It was very good last year. So that bodes well for Brian Robinson. Uh, once again, very good value here early on. Moving on to actually have one more running back quickly that I wanted to get to. Um, Alexander Madison spoke with Matthew Collar, Minnesota Viking, a beat writer actually today, and talked to him about five weeks ago and asked him the same question. And he was maybe even a little stronger on his opinion about Dalvin Cook and whether or not he's going to be on this week one roster and not looking good. You know, they, they certainly want to trade him. It's a lot more advantageous for them to trade him, and maybe there won't be a, a partner until training camp kicks off and somebody gets hurt. But, you know, Alexander Madison is probably a better than 50-50 shot right now on May 10th uh, to open the season as the RB1. I'm going to say better than, yeah, definitely better than 50-50. I might even might even go sixty five percent right now. That's how confident I feel. You know, can't be that confident until a deal's done. But you know, reading the tea leaves here, where there's smoke, there's fire. So that means, regardless, Madison is a value. Now, the sharps here on underdog are on this a little bit, so he's not an incredible steal, but he will be for a lot of people out there, um, out there in fantasy land. Let's move on to wide receivers we will though right after we tell you about underdog fantasy our great friends this 
podcast is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy and the biggest fantasy football tournament of all time, Best Ball Mania 4. Don't know what best ball is? It's simple. You just enter Best Ball Mania on Underdog's slick mobile app, draft your team, and that's it. Yep, it's set and set it and forget it as Underdog optimizes your lineup weekly to create the highest-scoring team, um, the highest-scoring one. So it's here. Best Ball Mania 4, and it's your shot at a first-place prize of $3 million. Get signed up on underdogfantasy.com or visit the App Store with the promo code FANTASYPTS, and we'll get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code FANTASYPTS. And when you do, get a Fantasy Points subscription as well for $5. That is a $60 value for $5. And if you're already in for 2023, you can take advantage of this offer and we'll just kick the can down the road here and pop you in for 2024. So with the deposit match and the $5 subscription, we are creating $155 out of thin air for you. So go right now, sign up today, Promo code fantasy PTS. Get your first deposit doubled up to 100 bucks and get a fantasy point subscription for just $5. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with the promo code fantasy PTS to get your first deposit doubled up to 100 bucks. And remember, you get a fantasy point subscription for $5. Must be 18 or older. 19 or older in Alabama. Oh, look at them. And Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.com. Excuse me. NCPGambling.org. My bad. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. In Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Well, hope you enjoy me stammering through that read there. Um, Maybe a a speck of entertainment there, because maybe I should read these before I do them live, but We'll do it live. That's what I say. Well, let's go to the wide receiver position here. Uh, first edition of Hanson's Hints. We're running uh, pretty long here already at uh, 35 minutes. So I'm going to speed it up a little bit. We have plenty of time to break down these dudes here. So I'm not going to go uh, deep, deep into it. But the first receiver on my board, and again, it's hard to love, love, love the uh, the studs, the obvious guys here. But I'm going to go a little Jerry Judy. We've got my due uh, early on here at wide receiver 17. Uh, ADP at 22 for season long, 23 on underdog. And we we saw the chemistry there just quickly, just it kind of came out of nowhere with Russell Wilson because early on it was, um, it was Cortland Sutton, but you know, bottom line, we've, we've all been somewhat enamored with Judy from day one. He's been underwhelming but you know it's not like the guy's been awful he's averaging uh 14 plus yards of reception for the career if he's ever going to do it this is the year they they maybe next year but i'm gonna bet on this year because you know 24 years old these guys are already starting to get a little worn down with four years in the league that's sad but true uh so all in on a on a breakout here for mr judy uh moving on 
Drake London. You know, I wasn't a big Drake London guy last year, but I did get some good intel from my boy Roddy White, who watched him in practice for a week, came on the radio show on Sirius XM, and I used to work with Roddy, so we're friends, and uh, he gave me the this, this skinny, and he was right, you know, about winning on the outside, you know, pretty consistently, bigger guy. You know, I thought he showed well, and I know that, you know, Kyle Pitts was out for a lot of the stretch run there, but I, I thought Desmond Ritter did a very good job getting him the ball. They did nothing at receiver otherwise other than draft, you know, what could be a glorified slot receiver in B. John Robinson, but um, Drake London is going to get another eight targets a game or more here in Atlanta, even if they run it 500 times with their running backs again. Uh, so like him there, we've got him at eight, or wide receiver 18, not, not too far off from the ADP, but he is a 24, wide receiver 24 on underdog fantasy. Next up, and again, these aren't the big names because you know we honestly have a lot of the big names priced near the markets, but I'm going to go back to the Gabe Davis well. I know it didn't go amazingly well last year, but you know our guy Adam Kaplan told us in December that his source in the building told him that Gabe suffered a high ankle sprain very early in the season, and it really bothered him. He played 15 games. Remember, they missed the one game, so he only missed one game. So he played hurt. He lost some confidence, and that would explain the catch rate drop. But for as bad as the season as it was, it was still career bests in targets, receptions, yards, yards per reception. He equaled his career high with seven touchdowns. And he was only four percentage points off his catch rate from the year before. So when you look at it that way, and head coach Sean McDermott uh, confirmed all this recently in a press conference. When you consider the fact that they went Dalton Kincaid, who's going to be a big slot receiver for them, basically, it, he was a big winner. He, he retained his starting job, and now he's in a contract year. So... My contention is if we can somehow figure out what percentage fall off was should be attributed to that injury. And I think it's very fair to say that if he were healthier, he would have hit my projection literally on the head. Because I had him for like, I think it was 55 catches for like eight, for like nine 25 and like nine touchdowns or 10 touchdowns. Maybe he wouldn't have gotten the 10, but he got seven. I mean, heck, uh, the finale, the last game, he, he just missed like two touchdowns at the end of the game, but the dude was in the vicinity of scoring a lot. So basically, like I said, now that he was a buzzkill, um, I'm, I'm back because, like I said, he um, clearly would have done everything I thought he would do. Now, granted, that said, we did learn, I think, that, you know, I probably overrated him a little bit. He's not that he's not a great number two. But, you know, I think I kind of also knew that. And you, you offset that with the fact that he's with Josh freaking Allen. Uh, and, and that usually works. So I'm back on uh, Gabe Davis again, contract year. And he's more affordable this year at wide receiver 40. I've got him at wide receiver 31. Um, Elijah Moore is on the list. Of course he is. We all have a non-sexual crush on Elijah Moore, and we're proud of it, damn it. Uh, 
Wide receiver 40 early on for me, and season long was wide receiver 54. Wide receiver 50 on underdog fantasy. Um, Very, very high on the Browns offense. I'm all in on Deshaun Watson as my top target, and I have been since like January. Of course, once they got Elijah Moore, that really put it over the top for me. You know, he's only going to be the number two, but we we could even see if he balled out the way he's capable by season's end. He could kind of, they could pass the torch over to Elijah Moore, uh, honestly, over the aging Amari Cooper. I also have on the list here some lower-end guys, John Mechie. I love John Mechie, one of my favorite interviews of all time. He checks in. I think he's their best receiver at wide receiver 56. Looks like he's got a complete bill of health. I mean, he told me 15 months ago that he was good to go for camp July 2023. Of course, then the diagnosis came down. So that ACL that he suffered at Alabama, that thing is he is way back from that thing. So, you know, should going to be a little rusty here, but uh, should be in for – he could play any receiver spot too, you know. So he's their best receiver. And so, therefore, you know, giving him some love. Um, going to put Jordan Addison on this list too. I actually think all the rookies this year are being egregiously overvalued. Not all, but most like Quentin Johnston and Jackson Smith and Jigbo, though I'll get a lot of clap, you know, I'll get a lot of brushback on that from the staff, but I, I think he's overvalued, but I don't think uh, Addison is overvalued. In fact, I think he's a little undervalued and he's a plug and play guy in Minnesota. KJ Osborne is just a guy. He also dropped what should have been a fourth down conversion on that final drive uh, right before the fourth down play where Kirky threw it ahead of the sticks, which I forgot about until I watched it the other night uh, while working here in the office. Um, But anyway, Jordan Addison is going to be a plug and play guy and they like him because he can line up in all three receiver spots. Uh, He'll need to be in the slot quite a bit. Uh, to win because he's a very small guy, but you know, very good foot quickness and he's just got it. You know what I mean? Doesn't test well, but um, this is going to work. Addison teamed with Jeff Jefferson. And of course, you know, Jefferson really seeing some exotic coverages out there last year and he is a marked man. So I personally, by the way, I want to put Jamar chase at at one over Jefferson this year just just from momentum uh, because the momentum should be in Chase's favor and not really for Jefferson. But Jordan Addison will benefit, I believe, from special attention to Justin Jefferson. Uh, and then last but not least, a couple of tight ends. The tight ends are also a little chalky. Uh, two guys, a couple of other discrepancies, but the two guys who jumped right out when I looked under the hood and one of them really, I couldn't believe how much my opinion changed of him from doing the projection and really looking deep into the team situation. It is Chiggy Aconquo, who I really kind of, my initial run was a little crazy. He came in at like tight end seven, but you know, we discussed it a little bit. We talked about how he might be utilized um, a little bit more with some, uh, air yards and you know down the field a little bit more so which which could help his uh yard per reception number but hurt his catch total number so i was thinking maybe a little bit more high volume but we kind of split the difference uh it still came in around 60 grabs 
and a tight end nine. So he's in the top 12 ADP of 12, though. That actually surprised me. And then 14 on underdog, maybe a little less upside there. I was a little surprised, though. So the markets are pretty savvy here um, on Chiki Aconquo. But we're going to be, well, we'll see. I mean, right now I, I want to be well ahead of the markets. But it is a little risky if they want to, you know, make a trade, uh, move Ryan Tannehill perhaps, or look at Will Levis late in the year. But I'm feeling it, though. It, he's terrific. Uh, he's a little undersized, but you know, very athletic guy looked good last year, real strong. So I'm feeling it. Chiggy Aconquo, uh, the number one steal so far that I see this year in 2023 at tight end. And last but not least, a fellow South Jersey guy, Jawan Johnson, who went to high school in the town that I went to college in, in, uh, New Jersey, who is, uh, with Corey Clement, by the way, shout out Glassboro, New Jersey. Um, Juwan Johnson tied in 19 early on. I got his ass at 13 right there. I mean, we could argue he's a tight end one and they let the Troutman go. Now they, uh, we did get the Foster Moreau sign signing today or the news that he's, um, he's back, which is a little weird. Uh, but, we're not really counting on Foster Moreau. I mean, he wasn't that good anyway, honestly. No offense. Uh, get well soon. I hope all all good things come to Foster Moreau, but uh, not that great. Jawan Johnson, though, pretty damn great, and they're very high on him per our sources there, and he's still ascending. So this, this could be, you know, like uh, Pete Carmichael's Jimmy Graham here in – New Orleans and a pretty good quarterback here with Derek Carr. So there is a very early look at about 15 players who really jumped out at me as like, whoa, we're, these are major steals. The markets are going to be tightening up as we get warmer and warmer into the summer. Uh, but we'll, we'll have plenty of time to break down this upcoming campaign campaign and attack it from a variety of angles uh, now that the draft is in the rear view, I will be doing this podcast every single week, late in the week. So look for it like on a Friday or a Saturday. I'll try to record them on like a Thursday. We'll get Mr. Adam Kaplan in for the next one as well to go around the league with him, get some insider nuggets. So until then, I'm going to sign off right now. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Uh, stay subscribing. Tell your friends. Big stuff going on at fantasypoints.com. We'll catch you next time.